0: Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Do you dream of success, but sometimes feel like the cards are stacked against you? Don't worry. Your brain is more powerful than fate, and with a growth mindset and resilience, anything can be achieved. In this episode, we discuss how to unlock an unstoppable resilience that will power you through all odds on the journey towards fulfillment and success in all areas of your life. Today's guest is Dr. Brian Davidson. Dr. Davidson is the founder and president of MindView. As chief architect, officer of the MindView Profile Assessment and MindView Learning Experience, Brian applies his work in measuring and developing mindsets to support educational institutions, healthcare organizations, sports teams, businesses, and the military, in maximizing human performance. Brian graduated from the University of Iowa with high distinctions and honors, earning a degree in psychology and a teaching endorsement in secondary education. He holds a master's degree in counseling psychology and a doctorate with honors in educational leadership and policy studies, both from the University of Kansas, where he also served as a senior research consultant and a junction professor. Thank you so much for joining today, Dr. Davidson. Hey, Brian, thank you so much for joining our podcast today. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know you started in education, but you have become an expert on mindset. Tell us a little bit about where you started and where you're at today.
1: Thanks, Danielle, for having me on. Yeah, I really am an educator at still to this day. So I started off my career as a high school teacher up in the Twin Cities. Back then, I was just so intrigued on what made my kids successful. So I had a background in psychology from my undergrad years. And then as I was looking at my very best students, trying to figure out what made them succeed and do well, I started to realize a lot of these kids were very intrinsically motivated and they had a high degree of self-discipline. I said, I want to figure out how those qualities develop in people. Came down to the University of Kansas, started to study these factors like hope and grit, and resilience, growth mindset, all these positive psychological factors. And then started to wonder, could we teach and cultivate these skills? I was working at a university counseling center doing therapy with students. And I started to realize the whole process of doing therapy was so reactive that we waited until a lot of those students in the counseling center were struggling so much before we worked to equip them with some skills. So I thought to myself, here, I have this background in education could we potentially cultivate and grow things like grit and perseverance and resilience and hope as a very proactive way to prevent a lot of those issues that it's facing there in the Counseling Center. So really from there, the rest is history. After I finished up all my graduate work, I launched a company. have a very supportive wife who said, let's go after this dream and From there, it started off in the education industry and really started to grow it, started to transform more into the corporate space. And now it's involved with military and higher education, sports, and really, you name it, these skills pretty much apply to every single one of us.
0: You talked about the reactiveness when people are not performing. and You're talking about students. When students weren't performing, that's all of a sudden when we jump in and we start to counsel them. And I see that same apply when we're working in corporate. If somebody's not meeting the expectations, and I think about my background in sales, when employees were not performing and they were not achieving their quota, then all of a sudden we look at, okay, what do we need to do to put them on a performance improvement plan? Instead of taking a step back and looking at why are they not performing and how can we more or less take a proactive approach and understanding what motivates these individuals so that they can be exceeding their goals versus coming from a reactive. What do you notice when you're working with organizations and you see that some of their employees may not be performing? What are the first indicators that you look for?
1: Number one, a first step is to measure and see what's going on. But we often find that there is a reason, there's a why behind what you're seeing with regards to behavior or the lack of performance in individuals. But it's really important to assess and get a gauge of where somebody's mindset is at. And then once you can see how somebody's thinking and feeling, now you can do something about it. Sometimes we'll even see it with high performing individuals, people that the organization says, oh, my goodness, this is an incredibly accomplished employee. They're doing great. But then in some cases, Danielle will assess their levels of grit, their resilience, their growth mindset, hope and all these other indicators of performance and success. And we'll see that they score low and we'll have a conversation with them and we'll come to find out that they've got a lot of stuff going on in their life. A lot of adversity, a lot of hardship, whether it's challenges with their children at home, to changing work situations with a spouse, to healthcare scare or diagnosis, something along those lines, divorce. We see that one pop up time and time again. So we often find that there's a story behind the score in our work, that there's a reason why we're seeing those results. And really as a caring, supportive leader, I think a lot of our work comes down to helping those people I think back to my own experience, back when I was a high school teacher going through graduate school, I was being trained to become a superintendent or school principal in this ed leadership program. And I was working with my principal at that point in time. And in the back of my head, I knew I wanted to create this company of you but I didn't know how to do it back then. I didn't know the path in order to make that leap. I started to think, can I be open with this principal about what I really want to do? And I finally got the guts to tell him this. We met one time and, and I was scared out of my mind, Daniel, to tell him this here. I thought he was going to fire me and tell me why are you wasting my time doing all this? I said, Tim, I really don't want to be a school principal. I don't want to be a superintendent at all. I don't want to be a teacher at all. I want to develop a company that would revolve around developing things like grit and resilience and motivation. All these factors that I'm really passionate about. And I'll never forget his response. Again, I was thinking he was going to respond in a very negative way. But Danielle, he looked at me and said, Brian, what can I do to help you get there? And that was a life-changing event for me. Because here I had a caring, supportive leader who listened to what I'm passionate about, who listened to what my dreams and ambitions were and asked what he could do to assist. I think that's our goals as leaders is we need to do that with all of our employees because every single one of us, you, me, everybody out there, we all have our own goals and ambitions, what we're striving to do. And the question is, how do we get from where we're at right now to where we want to be? And those leaders can play such an important role. And I tell you what, Danielle, after I had Tim share that with me, I was willing to walk through walls for that guy. For the next several years, I continued to be in the school. And I would just do whatever it was needed to help Tim do great work because he showed so much compassion, and support towards me that was just a game changer. As leaders, I think this is something that we definitely need to strive to do.
0: Yeah, as leaders, it's a matter of looking at the whole person. I think about some of the top performers that were on my team. And sometimes they had difficult quarters. And when I peeled back the laters and started to understand what was going on in their life outside of just some of the challenges that they were having in their business, but taking a step back and saying, How are you really? Tell me a little bit about some of your challenges. But digging deep into the heart of the person, there were times where people, their family members were battling cancer, or they were having health scare, or I had one member on my team where their son had just been caught doing drugs and they were sending him to rehab. And sometimes we get so focused on our team and ensuring that they're meeting the metrics. That if they fall short, oh, they're not a good fit for the organization. But a reality is there might be some external factors that are contributing to that low performance that when we take the time and understand what it is and provide them with the resources to help them, then they will become loyal oftentimes because they see that the organization cares about them as a person and not just the performance.
1: And I think about so much of the messaging behind these concepts like grit and resilience is that this person just has it. Like Danielle just has grit and resilience and she's so motivated. She just has it all. And that's the message that we often hear. And sometimes we often share this ourselves. But what we're finding, Danielle, in all of our data and all of our analyses of these individuals and organizations and teams that we're assessing is, Grit is not just something that you have or don't have. We have to think of these factors like muscles in our body. Every single one of us has muscles. The question is, to what degree are those muscles in good shape? Are we strong in these areas? Every one of us has the ability to be gritty. We all have the ability to be resilient. Before we hopped on here, we were initially talking about your own experience of when you were younger and facing those challenges in school. And then all of a sudden, things start to shift in your life. And boom, you just start to flourish. The same thing happens with all these mindset skills, grit, resilience, motivation. It's not just about having these factors, but also do we have the conditions that are right to allow these factors to grow within a person. These things don't exist in a vacuum by any means. Everything that is going on in a person's life can influence how they're thinking, how they're feeling, what are they experiencing in their own mind. And the complexity of this is just absolutely incredible. But if we can create those conditions where grit and resilience can flourish, then that's when people are really going to take off. And really, you can't just force somebody to be gritty. You can't just throw it down their throat and say, you've got to demonstrate grit and be more gritty and persevere and all that and be more resilient. You have to cultivate it within somebody. It's got to come from within, as opposed to just forcing them to act and behave a certain way. And as we continue to figure out the best ways to do this, we'll continue to share that moving forward.
0: Planning an event with a specific goal in mind? Are you looking for a high content speaker with a motivational style? Interested in how to re-engage your employees? My clients know the power of developing the grit, resilience, and courage to thrive in a complex and changing market. After a highly successful career as a Fortune 500 sales leader, I now share strategies on leadership development, change management, and burnout prevention. To discuss keynote speaking, corporate programs, or individual consulting, go to daniellecobo.com and let's talk about how I can make a difference in your business. As you had mentioned, there's been a time in my life where all of a sudden, Things started to work and I started to flourish in understanding what I was actually capable of. But I've also been a time period where I had spent 10 plus years of exceeding my goals and achieving milestones, both professionally and personally. And then all of a sudden, I had twins. And I suffered from postpartum depression. And here's taking somebody who's historically been a high achiever. And all of a sudden, I had just lost everything. I didn't know what to do, how to be a mom. I was exhausted. And I know the steps that I took and I share that in a couple episodes of earlier in the year about how I was able to rebuild and get that grit back so that I could fill myself again and get back to being a high achiever. But I want to hear from you for somebody who may be struggling with having this growth mindset who may be struggling, maybe they've had grit and resilience before, but maybe they're in that negative space right now. What are some steps that somebody can take to get back on track?
1: I think a big part of this are the people that we have in our lives. And unfortunately, the COVID pandemic, a lot of us isolated and withdrew from our social support systems. And that's not good for anybody. But I would just recommend to people to stay open to whoever it could be that's willing to support and help you get through some of the difficult times. I think back to my own journey, Danielle. Back when I was working to do the validation process for this assessment, it took us three years to get it done. And there were times when I was thinking, there's no way we're going to be able to pull this off. And there was one evening that I was sitting there sulking on the couch. And before this, however, let me go back and give you some background to this story. My son, okay, he's now nine years old, but back when he was three, he had these little toys. We called them stretchy legs. It's like a Gumby thing where he would play with these things and stretch them out and they'd come back together. Oh he was he playing stretching like my ceiling. Is that He's right? Always yeah. up
0: on my ceiling, those little sticky things. I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: So he's playing with one of these outside with one of the neighbors. And evidently, he launched it and he couldn't find it. The neighbor girl and him were trying to go around and search for it. And they couldn't find it. And pretty soon, Henry is losing his mind, you know, that he's lost stretchy legs. And the neighbor saying, well, I think it went down the drain. It definitely went down the drain. It's gone forever. And little Henry here is going bonkers. as a little three-year-old. I'm thinking, I said, OK, what can I do to keep him calm here? I get down to him at an eye level. and say, Henry, you are a Davidson. And one thing that we Davidson's don't do is we don't give up, all right? We're going to keep searching for stretchy legs and we're going to find it. We're going to keep searching and we're going to get there. We're going to find stretchy legs. And so he wipes away the tears and all of that. And we can go around and five minutes later, we find stretchy legs is out in the grass someplace. Well, fast forward about six to eight months later, and about four at this point in time. I'm trying to validate this assessment. And it is just absolutely brutal, Danielle. I'm struggling. I'm thinking there's no way we're going to be able to pull this off. I'm sitting here sulking in my misery on the couch with a glass of wine. And Henry comes up to me and says, Dad, I can't find Woody's hat. Woody from Toy Story. Henry, not now, man. I'm tired. I'm worn out. Just let me rest here. And he said, Dad, no, we need to find Woody's hat. I said, Henry, no, not right now. We'll figure it out later. We'll find it later. He looked at me. He said, Dad, remember, Dad, we are Davidsons and we don't give up. We keep searching, dad, remember? We keep searching. And Danielle, I'll never forget that. I heard my four-year-old son at that point in time share with me a message of hope, of perseverance. And that definitely got my butt up off that couch <laughs> to go search for he's hat, which we ultimately did find about an hour later. But more importantly, it helped to reignite that sense of perseverance in me that, okay? yes, I can find a way. Yes, we can persevere. We can get this done. We can accomplish this goal of getting this assessment created. My advice to all the listeners here is be open to people in your life that can share that message of hope, to be that individual, to provide that encouragement of support, of guidance. You never know. It could be your leader within the organization or it could be your own four-year-old child that you just don't know of who's going to provide that inspiration to you just to keep going.
0: I love that story because I think that sometimes I learn more from my kids than they learn from me. They become a reflection of what we speak to and talk to. And sometimes they put us in check as to we're not giving up here or you're a Davidson, you're going to do this. I just absolutely love that story. And I'm glad that you mentioned about the people around us, because I think about I recently had a client was been offered a new job, and it was a substantial step up in their career, going from an individual contributor role to a high level executive within an organization. And I remember talking to this person, I just noticed something was off. And I asked him, I said, what's going on? Something seems to be off. And they said, I had shared with some people at the company I was working with that I got this new position. And people started to ask, wow, that's a really big job. Are you sure that you can do this? Are you sure that you're ready for that particular step? And I said, I know that you're capable of taking on this role. You know you're capable of doing it. The person that's questioning you is probably too scared to take that risk themselves. Don't let their insecurity project onto you to the point where you start believing it. And the same goes for entrepreneurs. I have friends that are entrepreneurs. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, we know that our business has peaks and valleys, and you never know what that future is going to bring and where your business is going to come from. And it's easy to sometimes surround ourselves with people who aren't willing to take the risk into entrepreneurship. When we're feeling a little insecure, we're doubting ourselves, that knee-jerk reaction to say, oh, go back to corporate. But that's when I say is as an entrepreneur, surround yourself with other entrepreneurs, get into a mastermind group, meet up with your business coach, meet up with people that understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur that you can share some of your successes and challenges with and brainstorm as to what steps you can take to move forward. And that's what I'm hearing from you is surrounding yourself with people that are going to cheerlead you on and be there as a support system.
1: And I think having that growth mindset too. Growth mindset is a pioneering idea from Carol Dweck at, at Stanford. This belief that hey, I can constantly fundamentally grow, change, and improve, as opposed to I just have this talent or I have this certain level of intelligence and I might always have this, or in some cases I might get in situations and recognize that I don't have it. And when those people have more that fixed mentality, and then they start to doubt, that's when they can really spiral. But if you can have that growth mindset and realize, hey, I just haven't figured it out yet. And then to lean on people around you for that support and guidance, that helps us get through some of those tougher times. But I wanted to ask you, Danielle, how, in your own journey, how have you gotten through those periods of doubt yourself? When you're launching a company, in your sales role, even in your earlier years, when you said you had some difficulties in your middle school, teenage years, when you had that doubt, what led to not take over for you, as opposed to being able to find a way?
0: I think it's 100% adopting a growth mindset. I think about the times where I was going through postpartum. And the first thing that I did was I looked at what are some areas that I can get support and then I enrolled myself in cognitive behavioral therapy so that I can learn the tools to reframe that mindset that I have going from a negative to positive. I think about the times when I was starting my business, or actually when I was in sales. And I said, gosh, I'm not hitting my number. What's going on? And I would always evaluate my business and say, what's working, what's not working, and what are some new skills that I can learn and develop to get me to where I want to go? And what I've found is when I've adopted a growth mindset and I've taken the steps to learn new skills, I've built confidence through that process as well. I am now at a point where I know that the value of a growth mindset that every quarter I am looking at what investment am I going to make within myself and my business to get me to that next level.
1: Yeah, I think about one of the great strategies or techniques you asked me before, some ideas of how to help cultivate some of these factors. One great activity that we've cultivated is this idea where you basically come up with a sheet of paper. You can do this for workshops and do this with your colleagues and take a sheet of paper and put the following as a title, my list of what's gone wrong. And then have people write down everything over the past three to five years or so that has gone wrong in their life. Some people will just start jotting things down because they've dealt with tremendous adversity over these past several years. And then you have them look at that list and look at all those things that have gone wrong in their life. And then you ask them to say, next thing I want you to do is look at that title, my list of what's gone wrong. What I want you to do next is to cross that out, Daniel. Cross out my list of what's gone wrong. And I want you to write in place my list of what I've overcome. And so now you're using that cognitive behavioral technique is you're flipping, reframing your previous adversity into moments of triumph. To understand that we are not just victims of our circumstances, but instead we are highly resilient people, that we've dealt with a lot of adversity and we've overcome a lot of adversity. And guess what? There's going to be more coming ahead. We will always have adversity in our life, but we have the capability to get through that if we develop that belief that, yes, I can be resilient in the face of hardship and adversity.
0: Sometimes our biggest challenges shape us into the person that we are tomorrow. And I think about my stepdad gave me this great advice. And he said, when you're a kid, the first time you have a goldfish and your goldfish passes away, it's preparing you for when you have a bike and maybe your bike gets stolen. And then when you lose your bike and you recover from that, it's preparing you for your first breakup. And then when you go through your first breakup, it's preparing you for possibly your first job loss but everything in life is strengthening us and developing us and growing us as a person to the person we are tomorrow. And sometimes our biggest challenges become our greatest strength. And you think about the challenges that people have overcome. Because I went through postpartum, I'm able to teach others how to do it. Because I've gone through a husband that's been deployed with two-year-old kids and leading a team for a fortune 500 company all within a year. That's how I've been able to teach others how to prevent burnout. And I'm so glad that you talk about just that mindset shift from what has gone wrong to what have I overcome. It's such a powerful exercise.
1: Are you familiar with the whole concept of post traumatic growth at all?
0: Share this with me. I want to hear more.
1: It's some fascinating research out of the University of North Carolina, I think in Asheville, maybe, some school in North Carolina, where they started to look at these people that have faced significant life adversities. And the idea is once you face adversity, you're ruined, right? But what they're finding is some people have almost the opposite effect, where they'll go through a really difficult, challenging circumstance, and then you almost use that as fuel to motivate them to transcend or transform into something new. This idea is this post-traumatic growth where you've got your level of functioning and boom, you face some adversity and, and you go down. You're knocked down, you're feeling horrible. And it's okay to be there. I think we need to reassure people like it's all right when you face some difficult times. It's all right to feel bad. But from that, we don't have to stay there. That we can use that experience as a transformative moment in our life to propel us to new heights. They think of the Mothers Against Drunk Driving organization. That all happened because a parent lost a child to a drunk driver and then created this organization that's now gone on to educate people on the harms of drinking and driving. It's using that real adverse moment in life and then using it for some good. So we can take that adversity that we face and to use that as fuel to help motivate us, to help transform us into something that was better than what we were previously.
0: Sometimes our pain becomes our purpose and the impact that we get to make on other people's lives.
1: For sure. Yeah, we all have it. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that it's okay to not be okay. That slogan, but I like to add a little bit more to that. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay
0: right?
1: We don't want to continue like that. We want to try to get ourselves to a better spot and to encourage people and support people in that process and to help make sure that they know that there is another way. We don't have to stay in that miserable state throughout our entire lives. We want to get people to a better spot.
0: I could talk to you forever, but that is such a good note to end on where you're saying that it's okay to not be okay, but we don't want to stay in that forever. We don't want to play into being the victim, but really using some of our challenges that we've endured and transitioning into how we've overcome them. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. I appreciate it. I'm going to include a link to your website where people can learn more about your resources, taking the assessment on grit, resilience, and hope. And for those listeners out there, definitely check out that link to learn more about Brian's MindView program.
1: Thanks so much, Danielle, for having me. It's been great meeting you. Thank you. All right. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Kobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, Consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.